0: you'll find here a helpful liberal, religious and philosophical reflection that encourages you to journey through life, making footprints rather than blueprints. Welcome. What Mary Oliver's Black Bear can tell us about the earthquake in Turkey and Syria. A short thought for the day offered to the Cambridge Unitarian Church as part of the Sunday service of Mindful Meditation. Like all of you, I awoke on the morning of Monday 6th February to hear the shocking news and see some of the truly disturbing footage and photographs of the huge earthquake in Turkey and Syria. As I publish this piece five days later, 24,208 people are dead and many, many more thousands are injured and these numbers will only continue to rise. After such horrific events, priests and pastors in theistic religions are often expected by their congregations somehow to justify the ways of God to man. A phrase taken, as many of you will know, from the opening stanza of Milton's poem, Paradise Lost. Of man's first disobedience and the fruit of that forbidden tree whose mortal taste brought death into the world and all our woe. I may assert eternal providence and justify the ways of God to men. The poem is an example of a theodicy in which a theologian, or in this case a poet, tries to show how an all-knowing, all-powerful and all-loving God is consistent with the existence of evil and suffering in the world. But it's always been my inability to believe any such justifications of the theistic God that eventually turned me into the Christian atheist or non theist I am. A key moment on my journey to this position was when I came across a version of some questions first posed by Epicurus Is God willing to prevent evil but not able? Then he is not omnipotent. Is he able but not willing? then he is malevolent. Is he both able and willing? Then whence cometh evil? Is he neither able nor willing? Then why call him God? In all cases, as a minister of religion, I haven't been able to justify the ways of the God of theism to anyone for decades. But despite this, this doesn't mean I have been forced helplessly to look upon a catastrophe like this earthquake and then despair of being able to say anything that might prove helpful to at least some people. I know of no better and more succinct, accessible, beautiful and moving expression of what I think can and needs to be said than by this poem by Mary Oliver called Black Bear in the Orchard. It was a long winter, but the bees were mostly awake in their perfect house, the workers whirling their wings to make heat. Then the bear woke, too hungry not to remember where the orchard was and the hives. He was not a picklock. He was a sledge that leaned into their front wall and came out the other side. What could the bees do? Their stings were as nothing. They had planned everything sufficiently, except for this. Catastrophe. They slumped under the bear's breath. They vanished into the curl of tongue. Some had just enough time to think of how it might have been. The cold easing, the smell of leaves and flowers floating in. Then the scouts going out, then their coming back and their dancing. Nothing different but what happens in our own village. What pity for the tiny souls who are so hopeful and work so diligently until time brings, as it does, the slap and the claw. Someday, of course, the bear himself will become a bee, a honeybee, in the general mixing. Nature, under her long green hair, has such unbendable rules And a bee is not a powerful thing, even when there are many, as people in a town or a village. And what, moreover, is catastrophe? Is it a sharp sword of God, or just some other wild body loving its life? Not caring a whit, Black Bear blinks his horrible, beautiful eyes, slicks his teeth with his fat and happy tongue, and saunters on. With Mary Oliver's words in mind, this morning I simply want to encourage you to consider this basic thought, namely, that neither this earthquake nor any other catastrophe of any kind, such as the bear's slap and claw, is the sharp sword of God. It never has been, and never will be, They are all expressions of the wild body of the material world loving its life. If this thought is correct, then the task for we humans, following any catastrophe, is not to waste time justifying to ourselves the ways of some putative, all-knowing, all-powerful and all-loving God, but instead to find the best way to ensure that all the material movements of our own wild bodies continue only to be expressions of loving life. Not only loving our own and our neighbour's life, which, remember, must always include, as Jesus taught, our enemy's life, but also loving life as a whole, as it is expressed through the movements of our earthquake-prone Mother Earth, our brother and sister creatures like other humans, bears and bees, and our cousins, such as leaves and flowers. And the ultimate wager lying behind this non-theistic attitude to life? Well, it is summed up by Oliver when she says that, in the end, the very end, after the slap and the claw of existence, the bear himself will become a bee, a honeybee, in the general mixing. Oliver's words are an affirmation of some other words by the 18th century universalist George de Beneville that I say each week in our Sunday service. Namely, that the inner spirit makes us feel that behind every appearance of diversity there is an interdependent unity of all things. It is our free religious tradition's intuition that this is true that calls us again and again to find ways, as de Beneville goes on to say, to preach the universal and everlasting gospel of boundless universal love for the entire human race, without exception, and for each one in particular. As we have all seen this week, the universal and everlasting gospel of boundless universal love is being expressed in countless astonishing ways, through the movements and moving acts of bravery, forbearance, love and compassion shown by all those ordinary people who must now remake their broken homes as the bees in Oliver's poem will have had to remake their broken hives. So, inadequately to conclude, I realise of course that following the slap and claw of Mother Earth's quake it remains painfully true that we cannot help directly the ongoing moving movement of wild Turkish and Syrian bodies loving life. However, as the difficult weeks and months unfold, various ways will show up to us, perhaps such as donating to the Disasters Emergency Committee appeal, by which, in small but life-loving ways, we will be able to support our Turkish and Syrian brothers and sisters so they can move slowly toward that time when they will feel the cold easing and the smell of leaves and flowers will once again come floating into their homes. May it be so. May it be so. Amen. And that brings us to the end of this edition of the Making Footprints Not Blueprints podcast. So, farewell for now, and remember, tomorrow a new walk is a new walk. See you on the path.